0: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Uh, thank you so much as always for joining us and tuning in and making this a part of your morning routines. Hope you've had a good start to your weeks. Thank you as always for doing so. Um, please do uh, drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Uh, let's jump into the chat box and say good morning to some people. Uh first of all, we've got Jose, Amira, blackshine Martin, Dave, uh, Lucos. Uh we've got Johnny, Stevie, NSW, Paul, Martin, Olu, uh, Kaiser, Peter, David, Temi, Vivian. We've got uh Trevor and Mike and Answer and Spikes, Dad, uh, Gary, Carl, plenty more of you guys as well. Thank you as always for tuning in. Very much appreciate your time. Uh am I sick, says Drew? Do I sound woozy? Oh, no, sorry. I'm hoping the audio sounds fine. I'm I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> I hope so anyway. Um who knows by the end of this show um uh, I may be different. The <laughs> wait and see. Uh let's crack on with today's stories. We first of all kick off with the obvious first choice and that is of course uh, Bukayo Saka signing a brand new contract uh with Arsenal which is fantastic news. Um it's I, you cannot actually understate how big of a deal this is. Bukayo Saka signing a new contract with Arsenal is probably the most important signing that we've made uh, in terms of a contract renewal. I'm trying to think uh, a really, really long time ago um, in terms of contract renewals. But Arsenal have, unfortunately, you know, lost so much of their talent, um, so much of their talent when they were, you know, losing well, not losing money, but restricted with spending, and we were losing Fabregas and Nasri and Van Persie. But what I don't really, what I don't really think can be understated is obviously, no matter what the amount of money is, and we can have a talk about that if people are really genuinely concerned about that, which apparently some are. Um, but besides that, as the only real sort of talking point on this, there is no drawback to signing up Bakayaseka for the future because he is just so important for this club's future and will only be important for this club's future. I can't see it going any other way, uh, which I know is tempting fate somewhat. But uh, amazing, amazing news that Saka indeed has signed a brand new deal. We just got to hope now that the likes of William Saliba, you know, will be next. Martin Odegaard is said to be in talks. Ben White uh, is also expected to have potential talks over a brand new deal as well um and there's someone else as well um who skipped my mind now uh reese nelson of course also in potential talks over a new deal so lots to be positive about lots to be excited about in the world of arsenal and signing new deals but Bukayo saka extending his contract with arsenal is is a huge huge bit of positivity and big big positive news for arsenal however uh, there is still hope that Rhys Nelson will join Saka in signing a new deal at the club. Uh, the young Hailend graduate, of course, sees his contract run out at the end of this season. For Romano, details that that third contract offer that was initially reported by James Benj is said to be for around four years, and that is a yeah, it's a long contract for a player that we were offering one year deals to. But if the club are that serious about trying to to keep hold of the player. That's obviously a massive, massive um, indication to us that they that they are going for this this long term side of things that Mikel Arteta really wants to keep Nelson at the club. But then there was a report from Darmesh of Sky to suggest that only a one year deal had been offered. Now there have been two prior contract offers before the third one has gone in, so it may be that Darmesh has got the the previous contract length that Arsenal offered, and that this contract is specifically for. Uh, the four years that Fabrizio is reporting. So let's see uh, what happens. But at the moment, there's no breakthrough. There's no difference in the situation. So we're going to have to wait and see. Thomas Partey uh, as well could leave the club, it seems, this summer. Uh, the player is, uh, of course, experiencing a little bit of a down end to the season, um, yeah. to be honest, is experiencing a little bit of a a dip in form. Um, and Italian clubs are said to be showing their interest Uh, according to John Cross of The Mirror. Whether or not Partey will indeed leave the club between now and the end of the summer transfer window remains to be seen. But with Granit Xhaka moving on, I'd be surprised if he indeed did leave. Um, But you can never rule out anything in the sport sport at all. You know, anything can happen. Differences and changes happen in football. But uh, hopefully, Arsenal uh, are able to obviously reinforce the squad um, over replacing players, because otherwise you're not... You know, you're not really strengthening things uh, to me whatsoever. So, yeah, I, I, we need to make sure we reinforce rather than replace. That's been the motto for me for the summer. And that will hopefully continue with keeping A and keeping key players in the squad and then adding to them with with key additions. Now, it's said that City want to offer Gundogan a one-year deal, whereas Barcelona apparently are willing to offer a two-year deal. It's still unclear what Arsenal would offer Okay, Gundawan, according to James Ollie. That said, there have been other reports to suggest that City now would be willing to match the offer from Barcelona and potentially Arsenal to keep Gundogan not only at the club, but away from those rivals in both Europe and in England as well. It seems to be that a deal to try and sign Gundogan is going to be very difficult for Arsenal. Um, and Man City still remains the likely destination that he will remain at for the foreseeable future. But we'll have to wait and see and we'll keep you updated on this story. Now, moving into potential transfers, and Galatasaray right back Sasha Bowie, uh, the French young right back, uh, is said to command a fee of upwards of 25 million euros if Arsenal indeed do want to grab hold of the full back. Arsenal have been interested in the player for some time, um, but according to Fabrizio Romano, it's going to cost Arsenal upwards of 25 million if they're going to get their hands on the player, which is a lot of money um, for a player that I don't know too much about. It doesn't just say that he's not worth that amount of money. But Arsenal have other targets in that area as well. And I think I'd still rather see Arsenal move for a player like Mohamed Simakan. to be honest, over someone... Uh, like Bowie, who is more of an offensive-minded fullback, and then Simakhan brings in that versatility. Meanwhile, and Caicedo's uh, future remains up in the air, still linked with Arsenal quite heavily, um, but De Zerbe has claimed that the Man City game this week could be his last home game, as well as that, for Alexis McAllister, if indeed Arsenal are very serious about trying to sign Kaiseido again during this transfer window. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but what I do recognise, obviously, with this is we've got a player here in Kaisedo who is a fantastic talent. You can't disagree with the fact he's a fantastic talent, but the Zerbi said it could be his last game. Right, let's go into part two and your questions right after this. Okay, then. Part two. Uh, That's what we need to get to. We need to get to part two and find out some of the things um, that you guys want to ask in the chat box. Let's waste no time. Okay. Uh, Derek says, hmm, should I ask a question? Well, there's your question gone for the day, Derek. Uh, Yes, it would be the answer. It's a shame. Maybe you could have asked one before. (laughs) Peter says, Tom, thoughts on reports linking us to James Madison for less than 50 million. Buy or move on? I think Madison will probably be on a list of players that are like, below Mason Mount on the club's agenda. Mason Mount obviously seems to be Arsenal's clear target this season, so we'll have to wait and, and see whether or not Mason Mount is, is gettable for Arsenal this summer. And if they can't get him, maybe they'll move for someone like James Madison instead. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That says, Tom, have you seen the Arteta interview on Sky yet? No, I haven't. I will definitely, definitely check it out but thank you Matt for raising that to my attention. Uh, Abe says uh, could you see Smith Rowe's new role next season as being an inverted left back like Zinchenko or more of an A? I don't think it's going to be an inverted fullback position for Smith Rowe. I think that there's more chance he becomes if he indeed does stay here at the club next season. There's more chance I think that we'll see um, Smith Rowe playing as kind of Martin Odegaard's competitor. He was coming on and being used in that position when coming off the bench so Let's see, but I imagine that is probably what we'll see from um, you know from Smith Rowe if indeed he does stay. David says, is Mount good enough? Yes, absolutely. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do uh, an article I think today on Mason Mount and the argument around Mason Mount and doing a more of a deep dive statistically into Mount and why actually is he. The right profile for Arsenal to add to their squad for next season. I think that he is. I think he's underrated amongst Arsenal supporters. And there's kind of a stigma around Chelsea players. And they're starting to become a stigma around Manchester City players, which is kind of crazy because we always used to say back in the day, you know, if Man City would have these players, should we sign them? And uh, now we're starting to turn our nose up at Man City players that they want, like Gundogan still. So, yes, is Mount good enough? I personally think so, but I'm going to do some more digging and get some evidence for you so you can uh, read through that. Speaking of articles, I did an article this morning on football.london that is out for you guys to read. It's on my page. You can find that in the link tree down in the description. But the article is all about you – probably probably seen a few people – Online, actually quite a few people. There's a lot of Arsenal critics around at the moment. And one of the biggest and most common themes that we're seeing amongst Arsenal's critics is suggestions that references to the injuries that Arsenal suffered at the end of both this season and last season were quote unquote just excuses for a bad end of the campaign. When you know those more grounded and objective amongst amongst us all know, of course, that those injuries have had a significantly detrimental impact on this team. So I discussed that at length. I also discussed the whole Arteta's had quote 500 million as some suggest not true we've not invested anywhere close to 400 million uh, in the squad we've actually uh, invested just under 400 uh, 500 million is the the claim we've invested just under 400 million um, in the uh, in the squad which uh, has gone to basically replace nine first team starters and of course some have now moved to the bench as well not all of those signings have been impactful or successes but the investment that we have made has obviously been significant. And at the same time, it shows you how much investment is needed to then change a squad so that it can compete with Man City. And so the expectations and the rhetoric of, well, he's at half a billion quid. Not true. Um, why hasn't he won a trophy yet? Well, A, he has won a trophy. B, you know, all that money that we've invested has been enough to change our starting 11 into a side that can compete with Man City if all are fit. And unfortunately, that just wasn't the case this season because they weren't so i would encourage you to go and give that piece a read on fl if you could and then let me know what you think luke says there's over 600 of you watching and there's only 95 likes come on guys let's make sure we get up the light button it really does help us out here we put this show on every single morning 8 a.m get up bright and early to put the show together if you could drop a like it takes you a second and it really does help us out uh, benji says tom do you think that we have what it takes mentality wise to go far in the champions league or the other cups we seem to have lost the defensive now some ability to kill off games looking at the west ham game uh, for instance mentality is often looked at a lot i think mentality has been referenced to a hell of a lot as well um i think that when it comes to mentality, Arsenal's mental state and Arsenal's maturity and experience is always going to come into a bit of a question when you've got one of the youngest squads in the league. But I think we're adding players to that. I think Arsenal have done some great things this season. I think they've they shown great mentality to come back in games. That they've gone 1-0 down. I think about the West Ham home game, you know, this season, where we went 1-0 down and we came back. Think about when Saliba scored their own goal, the reaction of that. Uh, other games like Fulham, where we've gone... Uh, we've conceded. And then, of course, we've scored again. Um, You think about games like Manchester United at home, where we conceded from Rashford and then won that game. I think we've shown great mentality in games. But, of course, we can add further depth. I think, as I've said before, and I talked about this in the article, the issues have been, obviously, the fact that we've lacked the same level of depth as Man City. And then when we've had injuries to key players, that has been massively costly to the side as well. Uh, Gary says, Tom, I received abuse yesterday because I was trying to see the bigger picture and see the positives from our season. I was told fans like me are the reason we fail as a club. Why do fans blame their own? Um... First of all Gary unfortunately you're always going to find people that aren't very nice particularly online and can't really hold a debate or a discussion about Arsenal without getting abusive or revert into calling people names like they would in a preschool playground. However, what at the same time that you have to expect is is if you're putting across a reasoned argument, some people just can't see that, you know, and sometimes pride comes a little bit more ahead of looking at the bigger picture and looking at genuine reasons as to why Arsenal's title challenge fell away. But don't worry, Gary, just know that the bigger picture, as you've put it, to look at the positives from this season is certainly the right side of the line to be on regarding the campaign. And what often happens, Gary, I've asked so many people, you know, people that leave critical comments about Arsenal's season, people that are Arteta out still somehow, which I think borders on. Ludicrous. It's not bordering on ludicrous. It just is ludicrous at this stage. You know, when you ask these people, would they like to come on the show, have a talk about this? Can they put their, you know, their their thoughts and their abuse sometimes where their mouth is rather than where their keyboard is. Um, it doesn't tend to happen. So, Gary, I'm not even sure these people are real (laughs) at the end of the day. It could be one guy with loads of different accounts. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Nexus says, hey, Tom, uh, how would you rate our defence this season? Also, do you believe it led to our collapse at the business end of the campaign? Uh, If you're asking me how I rate the back five of Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel and Zinchenko, I give it a strong 9 out of 10. If you're asking me what I think about the defence, if it's Ramsdale, White, holding Gabriel and Tierney, you know, that's cost us somewhat more this season. And unfortunately, the loss of Saliba has been a huge blow to us. You can't concede 42 goals in a campaign and expect to win the league. You know, Man City have got treble the number of goals than they have conceded goals. Arsenal haven't even got double the number of goals than they have conceded this season. That has to change if Arsenal want to be able to go and compete with Man City. But what I love in some ways about the irony of this whole season is we sit here in second place. We sit here going further than we ever expected this campaign. And we still talk about so much of the criticisms of what we need to do. And that's the right mentality. You know, absolutely. We can talk about the successes as we were just talking about there with Gary and the positives of this season. But what this season has done, I think is clearly outlined to us. And we all should know this by now. We all know what the difference between us and Man City is. One is the fact that they have got the best manager on the planet, you know, and no matter who is in charge of Arsenal, if it's not Pep Guardiola, you're always going to be one step back from that coach at least. And then, of course, you've got to look at the squads and you look at the squad that they've built over the last decade. You know, their owners, their executives, their recruiters, their manager, you know, have the cheek sometimes to say that they've not spent as much as other teams, completely wanting to divert and deflect away from the fact of the foundation of the investment that was there from the start. So uh, I think that ultimately the defence, yes, Nexus has led to the collapse and the injuries to that defence has led to the collapse. But uh, but there's also other reasons. And when you're going up against the Man City side that have won 12 on the bounce, you have to be perfect. And then when you're without key players, when you're starting 11, you don't have the depth options to compete because, you know, we're still not there. we have still not invested enough, believe it or not, even though we've spent close to 400 million on players um we need to change that but yeah when you're ever in a discussion online and people start saying oh well Arteta's had half a billion which is you know not true for starters in terms of how much we've invested in player transfers and when you start to look at the injuries that have had this season you know they are genuine reasons so don't let people tell you otherwise or talk down to you on that because they are actually reasons why what happened happened um Guna Jake says, Tom, you being of sound mind, how much can we get realistically for Tavares holding Pepe, Cedric, Aziz and Patino? Well, Patino, we should be looking for, you know, upwards I think of £10 million. Miguel is, and with a buyback clause in that, which would lower the price. Aziz, I think you're going to struggle to get much for at all. Cedric, I think you're going to struggle to get much for at all. Pepe, I think you're going to struggle to get much for at all. Holding, I think you should be getting as close to £10 million as you can. And Tavares, I think you should be looking to get slightly upwards of £10 million as well. So all in total, probably around around 40 million for the group of six players that's probably what you're going to be looking at and I remember the days when you said that Tavares on his own would be worth 40 million pounds but that's probably in this market based upon the context of every single player what you're going to end up getting uh did I whistle when I drink (laughs) what it's just the sound it makes with a straw. That's what happens. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, let's go to uh, Mitch says, uh, shouldn't we be finding a new right back? Ben White is a natural centre-back for Saliba and Tommy Asu. have got Ben White. Uh, I've got injured. Ben White had to move to the space and lesser players in the midfield. That's our problem. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Ben White is, I think, and shown to be not just a natural centre-back, Mitch. I think he's shown to be Uh, a natural right back as well. But I'm not disagreeing with you. I think we do need to go for a a right back option this summer. So, yes, absolutely. Um, There you go. Um, Derek says, I can't even get six things at the market for 40 million quid. Well, I'm sorry, but you're shopping in the wrong places, I'm afraid, then, Derek. Get out of Waitrose, yeah? Just get out. I mean, even Waitrose seems to be significantly cheaper than wherever you're going. Phil uh, Wadd says, Tom, can you see Edu and KSC overspending on an important target to make sure they don't go to one of their competitors, like a Rice or Caicedo? Otherwise, I fear they may just pivot like they do a lot of the time. The irony is, Phil is Arsenal did that in, the, in January. You know, Arsenal bid close to $100 million for Mudrick, which we can all agree is well over the price tag valuation of that player. Caicedo as well. You know, we bid £70 million for Caicedo, which at the time, most people would agree was way over what the player was worth. And uh, yeah, Arsenal are willing to overpay. But when it comes down to overpaying compared to their rivals, who have a lot more money than them, and like Chelsea, um, Manchester City, potentially Newcastle as well in the summer, you know, you can't just judge the club and say, well, yeah, you're not good enough because you're not doubling the market value of a player like, say, if we had to go to £120 million for Declan Rice, Declan Rice isn't worth £120 million. Pounds, and we're close to bidding, supposedly, reportedly, for £92 million pounds for Declan Rice, which is a hell of a lot of money. So uh, it's it's a difficult one. You know, at the end of the day, at some point, you have to say no. You, you have to say that, um, you, that you, you can't keep going and going and going until you get the player because it gets ridiculous. Some clubs will. But it's not always the right thing to do that. Um, Two answers. How much could convince Arsenal to let Partey go? I think upwards of probably close to 40, between 30 and 40 million pounds, um, you would think would be able to what would get Partey. But uh, he is now, what, nearing 30, if not already. That could affect things. But I think, you know, upwards of 30 to 40 million pounds is surely what you would get for, for Thomas Partey at this stage with the length of contract he has left as well. Matt G says, Tom, you need to raise your standards, mate. Next season, I expect the league, the Champions League, the FA Cup, the Aldi Cup, going unbeaten and getting 50 million for Tavares. Standards. Hashtag light work. Oh, mate, I know. My standards are just so low. (laughs) My standards are just on the floor with this football club. Like Honestly, you know, if we get top 16, I'm going to be happy. If we get top 16, that's that's fair. Is it not, Matt? You know, is that not fair? (laughs) honestly, these people. It is one of my favourite lines, the whole of, like, we need to raise our standards, as if, like, the fans have had any bearing on what's happened. Yes, because, um, you know, what is it? Uh, because Sophie23 from Essex says that, uh, you know, Arsenal, uh, she's happy with Arsenal being, you know, in the top four this season. That meant that Arsenal ultimately you know, haven't had good enough standards to win the league. So why? <laughs> do you know why? I was watching, um, Dave, you know, if you're in the UK, uh, we have a channel called Dave and, uh, they usually play like really old episodes of top gear. And I remember the episode where they invited like loads of celebra celebrities in quotation marks, uh, round uh, to do the track, the amount of weird celebrity names. That's why that was stuck in my head then. But there you go. Um, yeah, I, I really don't get the whole. I really don't get the whole um, mindset of we need to raise our standards, and it's the fans' low standards that mean we are where we are. Like, behave yourself! <laughs> like, behave yourself. Genuinely, what do you think is going to change? Yeah, if you've got all the fans in the stadium on against Wolves, you know what we should do, right? This is the sensible thing because we need to raise our standards. Remember, at Wolves, if you go into the game because we finished second, if everyone just boos. If everyone boos and says no, not good enough guys, not good enough this season. We're going to boo you. We're going to boo you and next season that's going to encourage them to finish first. That's what's going to happen. Um so <laughs> when you put it like that and you makes you realize how silly of a point of view that really is the whole we need to raise our standards. Goodness gracious me. Um, Mayor says, I do want us to compete in all competitions and get serious about the cups too. And don't be like a blessing in disguise if we get knocked out. Look, Mayor, I'm with you. I'd love us to compete in all of these competitions. But what I think is what I think is key to remember is if you want to compete for the title and you want to go up against Manchester City and beat them. The most likely outcome is that your other competitions are going to suffer. And the evidence of that has happened already. In the last six seasons, including this one, and Man City have won five of them, there have been one team, and one team only, that beat them. And that was Liverpool. And during that season that Liverpool won the league, they were knocked out of the FA Cup in the fifth round, they were knocked out in the Carabao Cup in the quarterfinals, and they were knocked out of the Champions League in the last sixteen. And they went on to beat Man City to the title in which I think they managed to get something like just over 80 points. And they still had to get quite fortunate with City's form not being particularly great that season. So that's that's what you're going up against if you want to do well in the cup competitions and compete for the title and win the league, yeah? That's what you're going up against. So you can win the league, but to expect the cup competitions not to suffer as a result, I think, you know, is maybe taking it one step too far. Uh, sorry, it was, 90, it was over 90 points. Omar's oh, right. It was 99 points. I was thinking of the season prior. Um, but what I was looking at regarding um, the Champions League and, and Arsenal's entrance into the competitions that season um, is that Arsenal hopefully can push as far as they possibly can in the Champions League next year because I think you've seen teams like Villarreal, teams like RB Leipzig, teams like Milan, you know, get to the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and do really, really well in that competition. And the amount of money that you get, you know, in a competition next season, um, in like about the Champions League, would be significantly much more than we get from playing in the Europa League. Matt says, the minimum is winning a trophy next season. And this is a comment that I I, I do have an issue with because I've asked people numerous times, if you could swap this season for fifth place in the FA Cup, you know, the majority of people say, no, I wouldn't swap this season for fifth place in the FA Cup. And so therefore, how can the trophy for next season be a minimum? Sorry, that's not how it works. You know, it's just not how it works. For me, I'm always looking at Arsenal moving forwards. Now, the host the that you get to the top of the table, the margins to progress obviously get smaller and smaller and smaller. I'd love Arsenal to win a trophy. I think that we've got the capacity to win a trophy next season if indeed we do um, you know, invest if indeed we do reinforce and we add that key or a number of key players to the squad. But to say the minimum expectation is winning a trophy next season, I think puts Arsenal <clears throat> and particularly Arteta, you know, into a situation whereby if he doesn't win a trophy, right, and we find ourselves competing with Man City again and we have a much better title challenge than we did this year and say we get even closer and we push City all the way to the final game of the season. We push them closer than we did this season, but we still miss out. Because the minimum expectation was a trophy, do you then sack Arteta? Because I don't see how that makes any sense. So the idea that the minimum expectation is a trophy, it doesn't work. A, because of the question regarding, you know, most of us wouldn't have swapped this season for fifth place in the FA Cup. And B, because you can show progression and move towards your goals and still mean you should keep the, the the manager. In my mind, if you're saying the minimum expectation is a trophy, and if we don't win a trophy next season, Arteta should be sacked, I think that's madness. I think it's naive and ignorant of what ultimately Arsenal are doing as a club and the way that we're progressing. I think it takes completely for granted what is going on at the football club, and I think it completely underestimates what you're then going to look to do the following season with whoever you're putting in charge of the football club. I think someone tagged me in a tweet this morning. Let me find. Let me see if I find this tweet. Uh, where is it? Someone tagged me. Here we go. The tweet uh, was: <laughs> Imagine having Allegri and Pochettino available and chasing Arteta and Howe. Arsenal, are br- <laughs> Arsenal, are bringing this upon themselves. Oh my goodness me! Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> the expectation is that if we. If we where we finished this season is we should have got rid of Arteta and brought in Pochettino. That's that's the level of some people's thinking around this football club. And it, you know, it, it doesn't fail to, does not fail to shock me. And yet whenever I try and speak to any of these people and say, come and have a chat, let's have a debate. Let's talk about this. Talk to me about why you think Arteta should go. It's no. I had a great conversation on social media with someone yesterday, which was like, um, they sent me some stuff about why Arteta should be sacked. And I said, oh, I'd love to have you on the show to come and talk about this. And they said, I don't have the equipment. And they said, well, what are you messaging me on right now? No, I was like, a phone. And I was like, well, you know, you can use your phone. And then it was, oh, I don't want to. I was like, well, why did you say it was about the equipment? Don't lie. <laughs> you just can't. You just don't want to come on. You just don't want to do the conversation. It is what it is. I get it. Um, so, yeah, you go. Neil says, is Arteta unsackable? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, If Arsenal regress, if Arsenal are going backwards, you can't legislate for that. You cannot allow Arsenal to go backwards. If the project begins to fail, then you have to move on. You have to make changes. You know, you can't accept regression. It's why I was always keen on getting rid of Arsene Wenger sooner. It was why I was keen on recognising that we had to move on Unai Emery when we did, and the club moved A good pace and a good speed, I think, to get Emery gone, maybe slightly too slow, but we made the right decision in moving Emery on. The job was way too big for Emery, like the PSG was too big for Emery. If you're at PSG and you're losing the title, you know there are question marks going on, uh, as there was for Pochettino at the same time, which is why I still laugh about suggestions Arsenal should have got Pochettino in. Um, but there you go. Um, let's go. James says, "I'll talk to you, Tom. Thanks, mate." Uh, James, I know you're on social media and Twitter. Drop me a DM uh, a little bit later on this morning, please, and we'll make sure we sort of out a time um, to have this discussion. Uh, Neil says, "I'm exp- uh, expectations is always for us to compete. That's the bare minimum. No team is guaranteed to start any season to win. Absolutely. And look, if Arsenal go into next season, we're not competitive, then we have not reached what I would believe to be the expectation at all." The expectation for Arsenal can never be to win the tro- win the Premier League you know well, while Man City exists in their current form unless you are Manchester City the expectation to win I just think is a bit off in terms of that trophy because Man City go into every single tournament they enter as favorites right so if Man City lose the Champions League final uh, or they lose the FA Cup final, if Man City win two trophies of a possible four this season, there's a good argument that they've still underachieved. <laughs> and that's the level of what we're going up against <clears throat> during this season, next season, however, into the future. While this iteration of Manchester City exists, they go into every single tournament as favourites. If I turned to anyone and said... Who is most likely to win the League Cup next season? The answer is Man City. Who is most likely to win the Champions League next season? The answer is Man City. Who is most likely to win the FA Cup, the Premier League? The answer is Manchester City. And so if the minimum expectation for a coach of any other team that isn't Man City is they have to win one of those trophies, that's the minimum expectation then you're you're already setting them up for a fail. You know, you're asking them that the minimum expectation is to overachieve. That's what you're expecting. If the expectation is to win a trophy as an absolute minimum, then the minimum expectation is to overachieve instead of just achieve. And that's why for me, the minimum expectation for Arsenal Football Club is to show progression it's to show us getting closer to winning that title. It's getting us reeling Manchester City in and closing the gap until the point where we can compete with them. But in 3 years, with less than 400 million pounds spent on your starting 11 and squad to expect to compete with Man City already, which is what not what people expected this season and yet it's what we did, you know, I just doesn't align, just doesn't make sense. Does not make sense. And I am yet to hear from one person face to face on a stream in one of our phone-ins, explain to me why that minimum expectation to win a trophy is, is, is there. It just it just is. And Matt, I'm not saying you're Arteta out at all. And I absolutely understand that there are people that love Mikel Arteta and are going into next season saying the minimum expectation is to win a trophy. I don't agree with. I don't think you're Arteta out at all. I just think that the the context around what you're expecting does not align with the reality of the situation. Charlie says, the minimum expectations now is to be a title challenger. And I agree because if Arsenal aren't title challengers next season, then they are not progressing. They are not going forwards. You know, they are not going in the direction that we need to go in. We need next season to have a better title challenge than we have this season. Is it going to be tougher? Sure, it might be tougher because Chelsea will be better and Newcastle will be better and United will be better. But we said that last season. Last season we said uh, United are gonna be better, Chelsea gonna be better. Look look what happened to Liverpool. Look what happened to Chelsea. There's no guarantees in football. You know, teams are not always going to be better. But the expectation for your club is that they will be. Forget anyone else, Bar City, because they are the example. You know, they are the target. And so at the end of the day, you have to go into that season going the expectation is to be better, is to to progress, is to get closer to our goals. And that may include a trophy, which would be great. But whilst this current form of Man City exists, I'm sorry, but the expectation just for me realistically cannot be win a trophy. You know, Arsenal as a football club should be winning things, right? That's a different discussion entirely. You know, based on the historical merit of the club, Arsenal football club should be trying to aim to win trophies. And look, the aim is, the aim is, if you want to talk about the difference between expectation and what aims are, they're two different things. The aim is to go and win the title, the aim is to win a trophy, but the expectation is will not necessarily be the same of what the aim is. And hopefully that gives you the most clarity about this debate. Um, So there you go. Uh, Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, I I will be attempting to do that phone-in show probably thursday um i don't think it's going to be today i don't think i'm going to, be able to squeeze it in time wise but uh yes that's that hopefully will come up soon hopefully we can get more people i do want to do a funny show at the end of the season as well obviously after the season's finished we'll also be doing plenty of transfer shows relating specifically um to kind of like who we would sell what we do we'll do player ratings for the end of the season as well we'll do those tier lists and we know we love those tier list videos so that's that's you know that's what we want to discuss. Uh, that's what we want to do. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. really appreciate your time. Uh, Lassican, here we go. This is one of my favorite, favorite comments. How much are they paying? Who is they? And why aren't they paying me more is what I want to know. <laughs> I'd love that. Uh, Lassican, you are exactly one of these people that I'm talking about. Please, please get in touch. Please, please come and tell me why I'm wrong. I'd love to hear from you. I don't expect to, but I'd love to to hear from you thank you everybody that's tuned in and listens really appreciate your time as always drop a like on the video subscribe to the channel if you're new and as always up the arsenal you beautiful people it's the 90 plus minute Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport powered by fans.